Hello everybody, Paul Jancarella here from, I'm going to be from Speaking to Empower, because that's my speaking business name. I'm going to plug that, because I'm crazy. <laughs> and um, I'm here to bring you another podcast episode. There's been over 4,500 downloads I just got the notification this week. Who knows if that's true or not, but whatever. I um, I also want you to know that this is brought to you by uh, Chande Lovoto Mavanskan. That's a Portuguese company. They make great bread, and they are just wonderful. To deal with and I'm not just saying that because my wife's Portuguese she happens to be a uh, I, I would say English as a second language my wife uh, her parents both off the boat from Portugal and my wife first generation so where are we getting started today I wanted to bring this to your attention so many people want to change their life, but they're unwilling to change their life. <laughs> In other words, so many people want, uh, I don't necessarily want to say a lavish lifestyle, but they want bigger and better things, uh, and they want uh, more money, they want uh, more prestige but yet they're not willing to change their comforts. How do I know? I was one of those. And to a certain degree, I'm still one of those people. You know, I, I reflected a little bit today saying, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm doing podcasts as well as other things. And no, no, don't justify your lack of productivity on doing podcasts and writing down quotes. I'm not going to buy it. You need to work at whatever you're passionate about. And generally, that's a telltale sign. If things aren't moving in the direction you want them, you're either not passionate about it, there's a fear inside you of something, and there's some type of obstacle that's tripping you up. So you better get to the bottom of it. That's all I got to say. Uh, my faith calls me to be a witness, not a lawyer or a judge. And how many times are we that? You know, we like to determine who's right and who's wrong and judge others. That's not the case. We're children of God, all of us. Every single one of us. People that we dislike, people that dislike us, and everybody in between. What does that mean, though? Well, what that means is when you can truly reach out to someone charitably, 
whether saying a prayer for them, being cordial with them, finding common ground to have pleasantries, well, you're going to help your mindset. And you're not going to be wrapped up in anxiety-ridden bouts when you hear of the person's name or sight. It's not going to take, it's, it's, um, excuse me, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. But once you can start looking out into the world and saying, there's nobody I won't wave to, that's a good sign, you know. That's why I wave to traffic all day long. That's my, that's my uh, social experiment for the past, I don't know, five years, four years. I wave to all oncoming traffic in residential areas. You know, like the speed limit's 40 miles an hour. I'm, I'm not about it. I'm not waving. Unless I know the person. So... That's the rules of Polly G from Westerly. Another message I heard yesterday, uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, we tend to hear things pretty well. We tend to listen at times. Yeah, that was a good quote. Okay, great. Now, be a doer of that quote. Live out the quote. Ah, yeah, I don't know about that. Of course. So that's what we our focus should be now is to be doers, not just hearers. Darren Daly yesterday, lessons learned from crisis and how Reed Hastings used a crisis to save Netflix. Performance is contagious. And Reed had faced a market crash of the dot-com area, dot-com industry, I should say, back in 2001. And I remember almost every commercial of the Super Bowl in 2000 was these dot-com companies. Well, that kind of crashed and burned, and a lot of them dried up. And Reed had to lay off a third of the staff. You know, we had 120 employees, so 40 of them, He had to let go. However, by keeping all the talented and collaborative employees, he saw a huge spike in productivity. Office morale was at an all-time high, and everyone was, in a sense, feeding off each other. You know, there were no uh, consistent poor attitudes And low achievers were no longer sucking the life out of the higher achievers and taking them away from productivity. You know, it's amazing what a minority can do just in office morale alone. Now, that's not to say, you know, go through your company and keep all the 
talented people. There was a lot of talented people, I'm sure, that he let go. But he had to keep the cream of the crop, and it worked out well for Reed. It wasn't the only thing he did. He did a lot of other innovative things, but that's just one example. And there's some lessons that we can learn from this. The first is hire the very best. You know, play top of the market. Work hard to keep them employed. The second is, you know, quickly eliminate any team member displaying undesirable attitudes or behaviors. That's difficult for me. You know, I like to give people, you know, 15, 20 chances. <laughs> but in all seriousness, that's the thing. You got to rip that Band-Aid off fast and immediate. It's going to be a little pain, but it's better than slowly tearing it back. The third is coach managers to have the courage and discipline to eliminate adequate but not high-performing team members. You know, be laser-focused, as Tom Brady would say. And that's what we, we need to be. Uh, the insight of the day yesterday was have a heart that never hardens, a temperament that never tires, and a touch that never hurts. If only. If only, right? Well, it can be done. And go out of your way to thank someone on the front lines today, whoever that may be, you know, armed service, medical providers, customer service person, personnel, moms, dads, aunts, uncles, grandparents. Go out of your way to say thanks. That's all. And you're always one decision away from a totally different life. And I know a lot of you out there are like, yeah, you're also one decision away from a totally different life of demise and failure. You're exactly, absolutely, 100% right. But as they say, you need to fail your way to success. Now, I'm not saying to be blatant and just jump off the bridge. Certainly be calculated, but you got to do it. That's the, that's the key. And our words are just like squeezing toothpaste out of the tube. Once it's said, we can't put it back in the tube. And there were many, many, many times in my life where I wish I could get that paste back in the tube. But you can also learn from your stupidity, if you will, uh, and learn your lessons to not do it again. And I tend to be uh, a bit sarcastic, a little over the top, and 
that doesn't really fare well for anybody. You know, it's, it's kind of like telling somebody off, but in a um, disguised kind of way. So I need to learn that. And God judges us after our death. Not before it. Nor shall you. You know, that's another judgment type thing. Let's not judge other people. People will judge me based on my certain past. Those that have known me at that era. Others will judge me at that same past in a totally different way because they knew me from a different place. You know, going to church every morning. And then on the weekends, sometimes during the week, being just a recluse, fornicator, a drinker, a glutton, you know, um, just total polar opposites. And some people are like, how could you do that? You know, you're, you're hearing the word of God every day and then going out on the weekends and doing the exact opposite. And I was, you know, living really two separate lives in a certain respect. But I, I like to believe that the good overcame the immoral, if you will. And it's a constant battle. You know, we're constantly struggling with um, doing the incorrect thing, saying the incorrect thing, thinking the incorrect thing. You know, so I, th I think... God is working on us in a progression. You know, we're gradually getting better. At least I hope you are. I truly feel that's what God's calling me to do. And that's to reach out to others and influence them in a positive way. And when you pray, move your feet. That's a West African proverb. Do you know why? I don't technically know why. Um, my interpretation of that quote, which I loved, was when you pray, that's great. Ask for something, um, give thanks for something, but generally it's a, it's a petition. You know, we, we are generally asking for someone's health, well-being, um, a, a negative lab result. And when we do that, we then need to move our feet, meaning that's action. When you have a goal, it's great that you have it listed, and that's what you want, and that's what you're passionate about. Don't just keep it there. Now act upon it. Find out the ways that you're going to go after this goal if you don't already have that. Same with praying. You know, move your feet and do something else that's productive to be the child of God that you are.
That's all. And be careful to the one who is more devoted to order than justice. That was Martin Luther King Jr. Um, just very um, wise words, you know. Devoted more to order than to justice. And how many of us are that way? Yeah, I see their cause, but you know, it's they're causing a problem, so we got to shut things down, or whatever have you about a protest or about an action group or or about a minority of such. You know, it's it's worth worth thinking about for sure. Today's Darren Daily. Uh, no more soul-sucking meetings. Three rules to simplify your meetings. And crummy meetings can cost the company a fortune. You know, two-thirds of meetings are unnecessary. A 12-minute video email can save productivity and time versus a 60- to 90-minute meeting with over a dozen people in it. So the rule of three for meeting improvement. First is keep the agenda short. No more than three items. I know some of you guys are wide-eyed looking at that. One item is even better. And goal is, is the focus. What is the objective outcome in the meeting? Have that in anything. Personal, work, um, spiritual, whatever. What's the objective? And keep an invite list short. You know, three to five people in the meeting. Makes it much more productive. Um... Any more than that is not as efficient. And the third is keep the meeting under 30 minutes. Sounds good. It sounds good on paper, but enacting it is where the challenge comes in, but it can be done. And the insight of the day today, action is the real measure of intelligence. And that is for sure. And Matthew Kelly says that there's, there are two types of people in the world. One that gives and receives, and the other that receives and keeps. He made a great analogy, which I've shared with all of you, about the Jordan River flows into both of those bodies of water. And the Sea of Galilee gives and receives, and it flourishes. And the other sea that just receives and doesn't give is the Dead Sea. So, great analogy. There are two, excuse me, our greatest strength is to influence the lives of others. And I mentioned that to you before. As a matter of fact, that was the title of uh, the day before's podcast. You know, but that's, it is. Our greatest strength is to influence the lives of others. That's my mantra right now. And lastly, the um, motivation us. Stand up to obstacles and don't give way. If you're determined not to break, then the obstacle will indeed break for you. You just have to stand the test of time sometimes.
You don't have to push against it. You just have to be there, vigilant. Okay, that's all she wrote for today. I will check in with you folks tomorrow, Lord willing. In the meantime, be well, stay well. We'll talk to you soon.